0: ESPN FC presents the Gavin Jules show. Today, Stuart Robson joins the guys in Paris to preview the Champions League final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. Now over to Gab, Jules,
1: and Stuart in Paris.
0: Hi, Gab. He's Jules. He's Robo. No idea what the weather is like in West London because I don't care because I'm not there. We're here in Paris. Woo-hoo! we got my march over there. we got the Eiffel Tower behind me. we got the Arc de Triomphe that way. We have... Uh, Real Madrid flying in tonight. We've got Liverpool. We've got the Champions League final. We're going to offer you a bumper tactical preview, Jules, with yeah. Stuart Robson. Uh, and then we're going to get other things. Roma winning the Europa Conference League. Nice shirt, by the way, I believe. That's Very nice shirt. 94-95 vintage. It. The shirt that Totti made his debut in. Indeed, yeah. Not too shabby there. We'll be talking about Chelsea takeover. So much going on. Stefano Pioli getting his lost medal back. Uh, but Robbo, let's start with the final. Yeah. Uh, and first, before we get into the tactics of it, can we just reflect that we have a Champions League final with two of the biggest, best supported clubs in the world, but also, I think most people would say, two of the top three clubs in the world mm. this season, the other one yeah. being Man City, and of course, Real Madrid beat them in the semifinal. That's important too,
1: right? absolutely you know that's what you want from a champions league final two of the best teams in the world and that's what you've got at the moment real madrid at the beginning of the season nobody gave them a chance of winning la liga everyone was talking about atletico madrid they were in shambles but your man angelotti's done a brilliant job for them
2: i have to say you have always said be careful about real madrid be careful they could be there they could go all the way and i I dismissed it because i thought PSG would beat them but to be fair, they went
0: from strength to strength through the competition. Wow, well, it's manifest destiny, trust the process, trusting Carlos. <laughs> and of course, 90 minutes is an attorney at the Bernabeu. We've been through all that. Let's get into the nuts mm. and bolts and nitty gritty. On paper, Robbo, this looks like Real, Ma- uh, Real Madrid comfortable sitting off, mm. comfortable having the out to Vinicius on the break, yep. letting Benzema run around, and defending stoutly. And Liverpool wanting the ball, taking the game. Uh, to them trying to counter-press when they do lose it. Is that how you see it?
1: Absolutely. You know, Real Madrid have been at their best this season when they have played counter-attacking football. They've struggled against some of the weaker sides in La Liga when they've, they've dropped off and made it very, been very compact. And that's when Real Madrid have struggled. When they've played counter-attacking football, because they can't press the ball. When you've got Modric and Kroos in the side, you can't press the ball. You've got to be a little bit more compact. But when they win the ball back... They're as good as anybody at counter-attacking, through mainly Vinicius Jr., but also Benzema finding positions that nobody expects him to be in. He goes out wide at times, he'll come deep, and that's how he starts the counter-attacks. But it's also up to Kroos and Modric to play around the first pressure. If they don't do that, then you can't get the ball into Vinicius Jr. and Benzema.
0: Jules, this is how you expect it to unfold. You don't see Ancelotti throwing some kind of crazy curveball.
2: Nah, not from Ancelotti, not from, from Klopp either. I think the battle in midfield, which is <clears> which is a bit of a cliche, but will be will be the key here because whoever plays for Liverpool to start with and then how the Real Madrid midfield will be able to cope with the pressure that the Liverpool midfield, regardless of who the three are for Liverpool, will put on them how they can get the ball out from the back if they actually play out from the back. Against City in the second leg, I think we, we maybe and and under analyzed how well they got the ball out from the back and beat the City press at times Mm. in that second leg. So that again, that would be a key. If Liverpool put them so much under pressure, I I don't see how they can win this game. Well, we can talk about the battle in midfield, but ultimately I think a lot's
0: going to depend, not just on who's out there. And as we're recording this, Thiago Alcantara, of course, having to come off Mm. uh, on the last day of the season. There were doubts over his fitness. It looks like he's going to play. Fabinho back in training. Um, And then on the Real Madrid end, of course, you've got the question mark. Do you go with effectively four midfielders by making Valverde? Mm. I don't know if the false swing is a thing, but Mm -hmm. um, certainly off the ball, he becomes a fourth midfielder. Um, I just want to ask you just as a former coach and a former player, what condition would Thiago and Fabinho be in, especially Fabinho, when he hasn't played in three weeks? So even if physically, you know, both muscular injuries, even if physically he's okay,
1: I, do you lose something? The the playing for me isn't an issue. It's how much training they've done, what the intensity of that training has been, and we've seen in Champions League finals of the past where players haven't been fully fit and they've been a liability to their team. We saw Harry Kane, we saw Diego Costa, so they have to be fully fit. And if you are playing for Liverpool's midfield and Klopp wants them to press the ball, you have to be 100% fit. If Thiago is not 100% fit and Fabinho is not 100%, 100% fit. Well, I don't think you can play them. Because that's their game plan. They want to close the ball down.
2: The problem is who comes who comes if they don't if they're not there. And I again I don't want to pick on Jonathan Henderson. Again, I, I then, knew you were going to. I know, but I have to say, this is no thank you. So then what do you do? Do you take the risk of playing Fabinho and playing Thiago thinking, okay, let's let's give it a shot because other than that we've got Milner or Henderson. And Naby Keita. Yeah, but so that, I expect Naby to be mean, the third Harvey Even with L. Fabinho and Thiago. And Thiago. Harvey Elia. As much I, as I would love it, is too young to start that final. Yeah,
0: I, I think these are the big calls that mm. that coaches have to make, and you know, I can't, I, I can't overestimate enough how or underscore enough how critical these these things are. And you mm. go a little bit with mm. gut, you go a little bit with what your sports science tells mm. you, you go a little bit with what the with what the players tell you, with your sensations, um, and I think. Huge call for Jurgen Klopp to make, but, and huge call for uh, for Ancelotti to make. But it's in also the way it's not. also
1: a huge call for the players because ultimately the players will make the decision. If the player isn't 100% fit or he's a little bit worried about his fitness, so he's not going to run up at uh, full pace and he's not going to close the ball down, then he's letting the team down. You know that's that's the big but question. They all yeah. want
2: to play those games, right? So they if you were want
1: the to play, you would say, but, yeah, I uh, want to play. Uh, even uh, uh, if you know well, you're 50%. No. I, I, I see what you're saying, but at times, do you want to play and play badly? Did Harry Kane so. want to play in that Champions League final and play badly and look a, a, look a shadow of himself? Did Diego Costa want to play for ten minutes and come off? Yeah. So yeah, you, you, d- you don't to, you point. don't want to you don't want badly in such a big game. All right, let's dive in here.
0: Let's try to go through these two lineups, the, the mm. question marks. Let's start with. In fact, let's go head to head. Let's, let's mm. throw a little bit of a <laughs> of a curveball here. Um, goalkeepers, no question. Thibaut Courtois, Allison. Mm. For me, it's pretty much even between the two. Yep. Nobody's going to argue with that, right? Nah. Two best goalkeepers in the world right now. Okay. Real Madrid's defense versus Liverpool's attack. We're assuming that Alaba is fit. Yep. The indication is that is that he is fit um, and that he will start. Again, you have a similar question, what we talked about mm. before, and how much training has he done. I think... He probably, he probably could have played earlier. Yeah, I think he just focused on the training.
2: Yeah, I agree. So
0: the way this, the way this back four, we've got Dani Carvajal, I think, is going to start. Right? Yeah, there's no question of Lucas Vázquez or anything, no. uh, anything weird like that. Eden Militant and Alaba in the middle, and your boy Ferran Monday on the right. Mm, yeah, on the left. On on the left, obviously. Um, three on the right because you've got the Liverpool front three. And here, there's a bit more variety. I think we take it as red that Salah is fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they get them off the bench and stuff, but I assume, we have to think it's for the final, yeah. Salah, Mane, and then a third actor, Jota, Diaz, Vermeer. Diaz, oh, I would think as yeah. well. Yeah. Diaz, I
1: think, is the player that they would pick because he's the one in form. He's the one that's uh, going past people with the ball. He seems to be uh, full of confidence. Jota's just gone off the ball slightly, so I think it, it will be Diaz. And,
2: and if you look how Mbappe, how he struggled against Mbappe in the two Real Madrid PSG games, when... With Diaz in terms of pace, only has a similar ability than Mbappe. I think yeah, you know that if you're club, you put yeah. Diaz on Carver hard side, everything.
1: But the, the big question is how do they cope with Salah? Do they do what they did in the Champions League final a couple of years or three years ago when they say to the fullback who was Marcelo, I think, you can go forward and you can go and play and you can, in this case, go and play against Alexander Arnold. And then you bring your second centre-half out, Alaba, to come out and deal with Salah, because Salah likes to make those runs from outside to in. So that's that's key, how Ancelotti decides to deal with with uh, Salah and uh, Alexander-Arnold down that right-hand side.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, I set this whole thing up, sort of Liverpool attack versus Real Madrid defence. In some ways, it's kind of silly, because when you speak of the Liverpool attack, you have to speak of uh, Andrew Robertson mm. and Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm. because yeah. it's intrinsically part of it. And I think... You hit the nail on the head there. Um, do you leave Mendy on on Salah and try to get the midfielder to, 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 to pick up uh, Alexander-Arnold? That's very difficult to
1: do. And the midfielder is Tony Kroos. He's on the left-hand side of the three, yeah. so he's the player that would have to go out to Alexander-Arnold. He's a great footballer, Tony Kroos. He's not a good defender these days. He hasn't got the athleticism. Uh, Alexander-Arnold would go, skip past him and get cross-after-cross cross into the box. So I, I think he might go and, and be a bit more adventurous and put... Uh, Mondi higher up the field and bring Alaba across to to cope with the runs of Salah. And it's not Vinicius
2: who's going to, I think, mm. follow the runs from Alexander no. Arnold. No. No. this is he not won't. what he does. He's not the most hardworking defensively. Left wing, but they don't want world. him to work hard. They don't but want him to come exactly.
1: back. That's their counter-attack employ. They're going to leave him up the field. You know, I've I've seen a lot of uh, Real Madrid this season, and he almost plays just as an outside left. But the it's-
2: question is, will club say to Alexander Arnold, "Don't worry about Vinicius. We'll deal with that when"? Real Madrid get the ball Mm. back and see how much we can counter-press them so they don't play on the counter. Or does he say to Alexander-Arnold, be careful, look where Vinicius is, don't go maybe too high at the beginning of the game or something like that, we have to be very careful. Whoever is that right midfielder for Liverpool will have to be careful and look at Vinicius or Matip or Konate as well. It'd be very interesting because Mm -hmm. Alexander-Arnold, because of Vinicius and the way Vinicius will set up, might not have the the same freedom as usual to go forward and create much from when, when Liverpool have the ball as usual. Like I said, these areas are interlinked and it almost doesn't make sense to, mm.
0: to go and talk about them in in segments. But, you know, we're at that stage. We've gone down that road. I, I want to ask another question about the Liverpool attack though. Sadio Mane, if he's going to play through the middle against these two these mm. centre-backs, we expect him still to move around a lot, to try mm. to draw them out. Especially if Alaba is going to go and help on, on, mm. on Salah. Do you then necessarily need to ask
1: Casemiro almost to become a third centre-back in that situation? Well, what Casemiro... He won't always go back in between the centre-halves. What he does, Casemiro, does it brilliantly. He gets out on the outside of them at times. Yeah. So when the ball's switch to, to one of the wide players for Liverpool, he'll almost go in behind his fullback at times. He does the job brilliantly. When crosses come into the box, he always seems to be in the right place at the right time to, to make the, that early clearance. If I was Mane, I'd go up against Alaba. Because I've seen a lot of him this season. Alaba... Again, great footballer, but he just lacks that half a yard, yard of pace which Marnie can get away from. Edem Militel, I think, had an excellent season. He looks strong. He looks as though so He's confident. That I, I would go up against Alaba at the moment.
0: Interesting choice to find weakness in the magic that is Alaba in my presence. <laughs>
1: and, he's not
2: fit, and he's not fit either. He's, he's not properly fit. fit.
0: Okay, so yeah, so I'll give you the not fully fit uh, pass on that one. When we move into midfield, um, we touched upon the midfield a little bit mm. before. You talked about the importance of that right-sided midfielder yep. in Liverpool's uh, trio. Um, and whatever instruction Klopp gives him to go and help out mm. on Vinicius. Mm.
1: Yeah, it, it could be also the holding midfield player. You know that, that The holding midfield player has to get out there as well. But oh, yeah. when you're playing with a midfield... The holding
0: f- midfielder player runs out there. Isn't there a risk then that that's when Benzema drops? That's when Modric steps yep. into it? I don't know that you want... I mean, at least as I see it, if I have Fabinho, I say, dude, go and do what you do better than anybody else. But the problem is,
1: if if you're pressing with a midfield three and you get played around and it goes out to Vinicius Jr., probably the nearest player to him, midfield-wise, will be the holding midfield player. It won't be the player that's pressing the ball high up the field. So it's going to have to be Fabinho or it could be Henderson if he's playing in that role. They're the ones that are going to have to come out. And also, Vinicius Jr. gives him a chance because he comes back onto his right foot. So as soon as he comes back onto his right foot, that gives you half a second to recover that little bit more. I mean,
2: Fabinho's fitness, I know it's obvious, but he's the key here. Against Villarreal, not not so much the first half because they all struggle, but he's the best at cutting off Mm. counter-attacks from the opposition team. This is uh, so good, the vision and his understanding of the game and where the ball is going to go is so good. But if he's only 70% Mm. fit or Mm. 50% fit, How can he do that? And I think this is what you have to worry about for Liverpool.
0: I'm interested in what's happening on the other flank where obviously he's got three, the the one, it's always the big question mark, right? With Real Madrid, 10 out of 11. Yeah, yeah. Um, 10 out of 11 places in the starting 11 are are set. And then that right wing position, if we want to call it, is it Fede Valverde? Is it Marco Asensio? Is it Rodrigo? Yeah. Um, What we've seen thus far is that it's often Fede Valverde it's usually for the Valverde, and then they need to come to behind, and then here comes Rodrigo um, or, or Asensio. I'm wondering, so you've got Andy Robertson, who you know may not mm-hmm. be Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm-hmm. but also spends a lot of time mm-hmm. up the pitch and makes a big attacking contribution. The logical thing on paper is, all right, Valverde can stay with Robertson defensively. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense, and then we yeah. get a forward when we attack. Is there an argument to be made that maybe this is where I throw you a curve? This is where I unleash Rodrigo. So then I've got two threats behind.
1: I, I don't think he's going to do that. No. I think he'll play with Valverde. And Valverde's got an important job because not only has he got to stop the runs from Robertson, he's also got to tuck in alongside his other midfield players because Modric and Crows aren't particularly good defensively. So that's what he does in games. He comes in. And then he's also got to, when when the ball's with the, the two Liverpool centre backs, he's got to get himself in a position where he stops the ball going into Diaz. He's got so many mm-hmm. things to think about Valverde uh, defensively. That he has to play If you play Rodrigo Or Asensio L- Liverpool could dominate That left hand side
2: And he ran He ran against City In that second mm. leg For 120 minutes mm. I think he ran 15 kilometres mm. Or something crazy <laughs> yeah, Which a beast, which, hmm. which, you, which you really need mm. I think You know In, in a final like mm. this You need someone Who will be able To cover everywhere Fill the gaps mm. Block the ball Run Cover Even if it's For no reason The ball doesn't come that way But at least he would have Made that run mm. Which prevents the ball To get to Robertson Or something so it's, And you're also it's talking about plan.
1: Casimiro at times Going in between his centre-backs or going out wide. So Valverde has to tuck in at times to make it a midfield three because Casemiro might drop into his Mm. back line.
0: We're predicating all this on Liverpool having the bulk of the ball. And this is what what the script says in terms of what we've seen before. However, if you play Valverde, if you're uh, Real Madrid, you've got an extra man. It's four against three. And you've got full-backs who are also comfortable with the ball who can help out. And you've got Benzema... And you've got Cross and Modric, who are two of the best passers of the yeah. ball around. Is there a scenario where maybe Ancelotti says, you know what, we're going to keep the ball and we'll dare you. You, you want to counter-press, you want to press us, we'll dare you to come and get it uh, get it off us. You, Thiago Alcantara, half fit, Fabinho, half fit. Let's dare you to come and foul us and pick up yellows. Could he could he institute that approach?
1: Well, I saw Man City do that in the Cup semi-final and got absolutely roasted because every time they try to play it from the back, Liverpool, Preston, won the ball back. The goalkeeper made a mistake. But I think that would be a dangerous game to play. And that's
0: Man City, who I have a agree. couple of ballers in the middle of the park, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so I, I would say the key to it is Modric is brilliant at manipulating the ball. himself. Half of a second to play that next forward pass. Tony Crows can do exactly the same. Casemiro, not quite so much. And Benzema. When the ball goes up to Benzema, sometimes you think there's no way he can keep hold of that. But he manipulates the ball. He moves away. And then that allows everybody to go five, ten yards further up the field. So... I think, yes, they will still play on the counter-attack, but they will have to be clever with the ball and have to be good to play around the pressure of Liverpool.
0: Now the Real Madrid attack, Liverpool defence, maybe there is a bit of a question mark there, although I personally think Matip is going to start. Do you guys agree that, or is there still a question Matip or
1: Karnate I think there's a big question mark, yeah. yeah. Who would you want? When Vinicius Junior is one in running 1v1, he might go, you know, Alexander Arnold's high up the field, he's in a wide area. Which of the two centre-halves would you like into a, a, a wide area? I think kanate he's got more pace. Uh, probably a better 1v1 defender. Matip's a very good centre-back, but I wouldn't fancy out him out in wide areas. The only thing that makes me doubt a little bit is that we've seen, and even in the last game mm.
2: against Wolves, Konati making that mistake on the Wolves goal, and he still has that in him mm. because he's still so young, and this is all new to him. He's never been, he's never played it's, before in a game like that with that kind of pressure and expectations and and things at stake. So that was my thinking too, because. I don't. you're not going to match up with
0: Vinicius athletically. Not these centre-backs, no. whether it's Vinicius or Konata or, or, or Matip. And then positional play and understanding between the centre-backs and the way mm-hmm. they relate to the full-backs becomes so important. And so Matip being more experienced, having had more minutes uh, with Van Dyke, that's why I think he might go in that direction. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you guys. It, it is it is a toss-up. There's yeah. pros and cons mm-hmm. to both. Um, do we take it as red that... Vinicius, well, we've also we said it about 10 times, so Vinicius is just going to sit there mm-hmm. and give them something to think about. On yeah. the halfway line yeah. when when Liverpool are mm-hmm. attacking, He's mm-hmm. going to stay. And Benzema there. is going to do that thing that you love to ah. say, where he's number nine and number
2: 10 in Ballon d'Or. Yeah? Karim the Dream! There we He'll go. will be there, of course. Yeah, it will be because, like we said, after the semi-final, Real Madrid had a long time to prepare for this final. They mm-hmm. didn't care about the last La Liga games. They didn't care about anything. When Liverpool were under pressure to try to get to beat City and win the title. So Karim there's plenty of treatment, plenty of everything to be ready for this game. This is this is this this has to be his game. If he wants to win the Ballon d'Or with everything that he's achieved already this season, this is where one more time he has to carry that team to go and win this trophy. I don't think there's any question in my
0: mind, I've written this, you guys may disagree, that this was the priority for Jurgen Klopp. It might have been different mm-hmm. if they had a chance, if they, they hadn't been behind City yeah. and chasing them. Um, so he's put his eggs into uh, into this basket and the way he did with the, with the FA Cup basket. And so we got to see a lot of his, a lot of the Liverpool bench um, in these games. Mm. And I wonder given how important substitutions were to Real Madrid in the games does, does, does Real Madrid have the edge on the bench?
1: Well, I think, to a certain degree, Real Madrid know what their substitutions are going to be. I think we, we, we could always pick them. We know that if Valverde plays, at some point, if they're losing the game, Rodrigo would come on. Um, so I, I think he's done a very good job, Ancelotti, with his substitutions. I don't think it's, it's great tactically. He doesn't have to think about it. He just, it there's a, a straight swap, him for him, and it, and it seems to work for them. They've done it well in La Liga games, they've done it well in, in Europe. It's been good from Ancelotti.
2: For me, this game is going to be worn off the bench. I don't think the two starting 11, I think it'd be a great game and we'll, we'll love it. But for me, the game is gonna be won by substitutions. Who's coming in? Whether Camavinga and Rodrigo will have more of an impact than Jotan and Firmino especially. I think Firmino can hold the key. He's gonna come on at some point. Like we saw against Aston Villa, different game of course but he still has that in him for 20 minutes or 30 minutes maybe if there's extra time to be able to turn a game on his head and for me this game is going to be one on substitutions when you make Kam- them...
1: Kamavinga for Kroos, that's the substitution that he makes every so often Look then. at
2: the impact that Kamavinga had mm. in all those semi-finals, quarter-finals, mm. even last 16 against PhD, that was our, it was un- unbelievable mm. for someone so young Here's
0: my thing when it comes to, to the substitutions because ultimately these are men, these are human beings mm. on the pitch, and this is the biggest game of the season, biggest game in the football calendar, in uh, club football certainly this year. Some players are easy to take off than others. So, you know, when it comes to Real Madrid, because they've had so much success with uh, Rodrigo, Camavinga, even Asensio mm. uh, substitutions coming in, yeah. there's a certain understanding. Even Tony Crows, who, of course, when he been substituted this year, didn't always look happy, no. but you accept it because it's been there mm. and it has worked. When I look at Liverpool's strength and depth with the strikers, and I agree with you on on, on Firmino, and obviously Jota's there uh, as well, who gives you something different. I mean, it takes Cojones to take off Salah and Mane in a game like this. And so I just wonder, and obviously Klopp is a brave man, but he's also a human being. He also knows that these guys can turn games on their head. I almost wonder if he's a little bit, and then those I think are Liverpool's better substitutes, because I think there's a lot less depth in the middle of the park. yeah. I wonder if he's a little more hamstrung in the freedom to make changes.
1: Uh, I can see what you're saying, but if you're a good manager, you assess the game and say, today it's not going to happen for Salah, today it's not going to happen for Mane, he's off the pace, he's not playing particularly well, I've got to make the substitution. But I think you're right as well, probably if they were taking one of the front three off, it's usually Diaz and, and the Jota would come on for him.
2: This is Liverpool's 63rd game of the season which means we've said it before but they've played every yeah, single yeah. game they could have played yeah. this season. 63 not all of them have played 63 but it's a long season and I think even if you're silent money and you've got the adrenaline yeah. to play the final yeah, yeah. and start it if you go down to the 110th minute because there's extra time I don't think you can yeah, begrudge yeah. your manager to make those changes thinking like this can be If nice it goes a to game. extra time I agree I just think it's a different argument if you're at the 60-minute mark and it's a tight but game. That, that's not going to happen. He's not going to change money or Salah. Well, that's
0: what I mean, whereas I think Ancelotti might make those changes if maybe. he sees fit. Yeah, maybe and maybe. He
1: knows that Kroos can't last the pace these days, so Camavinga coming on for Tony Kroos is a good one. Valverde, if he's had to do a load of, load of running, then Rodrigo, Asensio come on and on that right-hand side and add a little bit more dyna- uh, dy- dynamism for them.
0: All right, we've focused on the inside baseball nitty-gritty tactics here. There are narratives here too. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, obviously, we've been talking about about Mbappe, Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, and Roberto Firmino as well. They're all unsigned beyond 2023. Yeah. Um, Salah inevitably has been linked to Real Madrid. Yeah. He came out and he said, "No, no, I'm definitely staying next season." Jules. Yeah. Um, I read it as I wouldn't expect him to say anything else. Because Definitely not. you want to be in a position where you get the kind of, even if, you know, whether you want to stay or not, you want to get the kind of contract that means you're happy to stay at Liverpool, yeah. right? So obviously you're going to say that. You're not going to destabilise anybody before a major final. Exactly. But you could get a situation, if they're far apart on their contract, and we don't know what the situation there is, and Real Madrid really want him, or another club, yeah. and they put a lot of money, it could
2: be Liverpool ushering him to the door. Yeah, at completely. some point. To be fair, to the question what's going to happen to your future there's, there's two answers and two different approaches one that Mane took one that Salah took Salah said I'll be here regardless if I sign a new deal now or not right answer as right. Mane said let's talk about that after the final right answer again but you're right I think there's still a tricky situation that we can't ignore for Liverpool in the sense okay what do you do this summer mm. because Salah can stay but you take a risk well of losing him for free when you can easily get 50 million minimum for him this summer from Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or whoever has a Especially because you
0: know Real Madrid are sitting
2: in a big pile of cash at the headset set side yeah, for exactly. your boy Mbappe. Exactly. So I think it's going to be, once again, a mm. poker game between Liverpool, Salah, Salah's agent as well on what do we do? Because I think there is urgency more than what Mo Salah kind of said in his answer.
1: Mo Salah is the perfect fit for Real Madrid in my view because we spoke about it last night you want somebody that can play on the right hand side but also if Benzema after three games gets a bad injury he can also play at centre forward and all the players that we've talked about the only one that can do both jobs well Mane can do both jobs but not from the right hand side is Salah so Mm. he's good he he makes them better when they've got Vinicius Junior they've got Benzema Salah and if Benzema can't play Salah goes through the middle and Rodrigo comes on the right hand side
0: I think the big call from, from Real Madrid is I mean. I think Salah makes sense if you think you can reload and retool and go for another Champions League next season. And obviously they have money, they've already brought in mm-hmm. Rudiger, they're going to bring in, you know, they're, they're close to the, the Chuameni deal, many, yeah. keeps rumbling on. Um, and then maybe it doesn't matter that he's 30 and Benzema's older because you say, all right, you come here, three, four year deal, you've just turned 30, 50 million, we amortize that, it's worth it. The alternative is... You put a lot of money on the table, and you get a younger guy. Bearing in mind you're going to have to replace Benzema as well. Issue with younger player, jewels is, and this is the Benzema issue, if I go and I pursue somebody like, I don't know, Oseman or whatever, yeah, yeah. he plays center forward. Mm. I'm not going to move Benzema yeah, to the exactly. wing. Am
2: I going to keep him on the bench for a season? Mm. That's a tough call. It is, which I think... Erling Haaland, for example, mm. surely had that discussion as well with his dad and with his people, saying, "Okay, I, I would like to go to Real Madrid, but what well, I'm going to sit on the bench. Uh, he mm. can't play on the right hand side. They're going to go play with the front two either. So it's, it's diffi- I think it's difficult. That's why I agree with Stu in the sense that if you can find someone who can play wide or centrally, whether it's Salah or someone else like Mbappe, because Ancelotti's
1: actually- never doesn't he, he can't change what has been so good about Definitely Real Madrid not. with Benzema and Vinicius Junior down that side. You can't interrupt that. That they've been brilliant. So it'd be a, 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 a strange, it'd be a strange decision if he tried to, to uh, cut those t- the two away. Yeah.
0: Final question: um, there have been very little. it has been very little in the way of mind games and stuff like that before that, but it doesn't mean they may not manifest themselves before the finals. So I'm wondering: If you're Liverpool and you wanted to troll Real Madrid, you might invite Kylian Mbappe to the game. If you're Real Madrid. You might want to invite Sergio Ramos oh. to the game. Who happened. They're on Both live here. They might want to come back. I don't back. Think, in Paris. I to, think they You might want to. You really holidays. want to damage.
2: You might want to invite Loris Karius to the game. The 1981 Liverpool squad as well can come over. Yeah. You know, by the Prince that the France is not too far. They can, they can be there. Uh, i would love it. I would love these this WWE style trolling, but I have to say. <laughs>
0: I think these clubs are, much as I would love it from a tabloid point of view, these clubs are a little too classy for that. So I don't think it's going to happen. Selling a little or a lot, (coughs) Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching, Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the... grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash gab jewels all lowercase go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash gab jewels all right, Jules, enough Champions League. How about some quick hits instead?
2: Let's go, Gab. Where we can
0: talk about far more important things. Yes. Like the fact that Roma defeated Feyenoord 1-0 in Tirana to capture the inaugural Europa Conference
2: League. Fair result? I think it was in the sense that this is exactly the game we expected. Certainly from Roma and from Feyenoord as well. Roma being so Mourinho-esque in that performance in the sense they were very solid, well-disciplined, well-drilled. led the ball to Feyenoord. Which had it, didn't really know what to do with it because, you know, they're a good team. They're entertaining. They play with a lot of intensity, but with in terms of creativity, if Sinisterra is not in a good day, then I think they struggle. And once Agnolo scored, you knew that Roma would close the shop and win the final, which they did. You're a big Arnaud Slot guy, I see. Although to be fair to Feyenoord they had that moment, those those ten
0: minutes in the in the second half when they yeah, had the woodwork. Rui Patrício made a couple of big saves, which is not something you take for granted from Rui Patrício this season.
2: No, that's true. But still, I thought. That Roma were always in control and 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 Which Mourinho is why you're wearing a Roma shirt today. Exactly, you know, for the champions. And it was their first European trophy since 1961. And Roma and, and their fans celebrated like it was the Champions League, Gab. And even Mourinho, who of course has plenty of these trophies in his cabinet at home, Gab, can you understand it? He's the first one to have won every single European Cup now. Yeah, but that's not why he's celebrating. I mean, I think this is part
0: of Mourinho's DNA. And he's, and he's said this before. He feels. Such an emotional connection to his players, yeah. to the trophies, to winning things, that of course he's going to celebrate like this. I mean, we can put the history, but I don't think Mourinho sits there and says, "Oh, well, it's since 1961, and now I've won it. I'm sure he'll remind us of it afterwards." Um, look, inevitably, we've talked about this before. If you look at where Roma finished in the league, if you look at all the money that they've spent on players, I think they were the third biggest spending team in Europe last season. Yeah, they were in the um, summer. Yeah. If you look at all the money they're paying Mourinho. You can debate it whether oh is he where is he on track? is he not on track? but you know what? He doesn't care. He, uh, and the Roma fans, more importantly, don't yeah. care.
2: He has this incredible connection with the I, fans. This was huge. I hate the celebrating police. Where is this coming from? Like, people are starting moaning about how people celebrate a win or not a win. And we had the same with Arsenal. The Premier league. Yeah. Let people enjoy their wins, whatever level or so, whatever league.
0: So stupid, so
2: unnecessary. It's crazy.
0: Kylian Mbappe gave a series of interviews <laughs> to international <laughs> media explaining his reasons for staying at Paris Saint-Germain. are you going to play again next season?
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Were oh, you a little bit surprised? He's, in he's surprise? in Madrid. He's still called in Madrid, I think. All
0: right, go all right, all right stop trolling him. Were I, you know just... I, I, I kind of thought it was almost I know, like <sighs>
2: someone you know, ooh, the AC on. I ooh. don't want to upset you now. No, 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 don't upset me. No, not you. It's almost like this is the message Mbappe so, yeah, is sending... Okay. Yeah, I mean... I think he does it work it was always going to be that sort of media plan communication stuff well no not always most people would say I gave the press conference
0: that's it I might I think he wanted
2: to because I think he felt there was a lot of things that he had to explain maybe the fact that no he didn't betray Real Madrid in that sense didn't use them either he said I'm happy with the contract you're offering me I'm happy with the PSG contract I'm going to choose between the two what's wrong with that that's his version of events. Exactly, yeah. all in who exactly. might he also way. left the door a little open. You know, that's still his dream to play for Madrid one day. In two years' time, trust me, he would go there. Do, Do you think know that? the Madrid fans will, 100%. will buy into this, into his explanation? Yeah, 100%. And be like, oh, it's okay. In two Kylian. years, he'll be there. Sticking with PhD, since we're in Paris, of course, the most beautiful city in the world, Gab, Neymar insist he's not going anywhere, even if we're reporting here as well on ESPN that the club want him to leave. Yeah. Look, again, typical
0: situation. Obviously, he comes out and he says, oh, I'm not going anywhere. I have a no have told me anything. Until 2025, nobody said anything. <laughs> um, like, I don't want to bore people, but it was the big financial aspects of this. But simply put, Javier Tebas is correct in the sense that Paris Saint-Germain have an enormous wage bill that is far higher than the revenue that they generate from non-related party sponsors, right? Mm-hmm. That's, That's true. undoubtedly. Yeah. So to some degree, unless we want to turn Financial Fair Play and the new version of Financial Fair Play into a total joke, at some point, they're going to have to try to get some money back. Yeah. But the question is, Jules, who's going
2: to sign Neymar and sign Neymar's wages? Exactly. He's 30, 10, 30 in February. He's on 35 million net a year, which is a lot of money. There will be a transfer fee. I don't think it will be significant. I think PSG would be very happy to okay. cut the losses to see him, to see him leave. But there's not many teams that can afford him right now and certainly not many teams who would want him. This is this is the thing. Well, it reminds me a bit and I said on the show last night, the James Rodriguez situation, times ten, because his name yeah. and everything. But where you've got a player that you don't really want and that no one wants either. I it's it's bizarre to think of a guy who I think is probably still among the top
0: ten in the world, yeah, certainly he has in his to position. Be. And he's got nowhere to go unless he takes an enormous pay cut, makes an emotional decision. Yeah. Um, I think if I'm Neymar, I stay put. I hope that at the World Cup, I lead Brazil to victory, Compete. do something important in yeah. that sense, and then maybe we can go and talk and we can work out a deal. I know John Laporta suggested. Why doesn't he come back to Barcelona and play for free?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: good yeah. luck okay. with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know what, John Laporta, I've, I've given you a hard time in the past, but if you can pull that off, if you can get <laughs> yeah. Neymar to come back to the Camino and play for free, I'll buy a steak dinner. We're driven by the search for better. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com gab. Just go to indeed.com gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Patrick Vieira won't face sanction after his altercation with a fan who taunted him. Following Crystal Palace's game at Goodison Park against Everton. That was the one where you had the pitch invasion. Yeah.
2: And you know what? I'm glad. I know you disagree. I'm glad that there won't be any sanction for Patrick Vieira. I know he should not have responded to the provocation, but I think there's a point where especially at when he has to walk all across the pitch and all those fans are around him, insulting him, doing gesture, all of that. I can understand why you lose your chisel, and rightly so. And I'm glad that the FA is not punishing him.
0: I don't think he should be banned, but... I think one of the basic things is that unless you're in immediate physical danger, but, I don't think... I, I think it sets... It, this can never be a precedent, Put it, let me put it this way, it can never be a precedent for somebody to react. I don't want
2: no, I know, later on not somebody to come out and
0: say, oh yeah, look, I punched that guy in the face and broke his skull because Patrick Vieira reacted to a fan But he, he didn't him.
2: punch anyone though, you know. No, like- he didn't,
0: But it has to be proportionate, it has to be commensurate. I think it was in Vieira's case. I think equally... And I'm always going to be Team Vieira, but equally, I think he realizes he would have been happier if he hadn't done it. Yeah, maybe, maybe.
2: The head of the Football League, Rick Parry, says that the new format of the Champions League will have a negative impact on the League Cup. And the League Cup is very valuable, bringing in around £100 million. I don't
0: care about the League (laughs) Cup. Neither do I. I. I'd love to see the math on the the 100 million pounds it brings in, like how much of it is, you know, the fact that you've got Liverpool and Chelsea and Wembley and the Premier League teams in the semi-finals, which is when it becomes a big deal. His complaint is that under the new Champions League format, there's only going to be eight games, but there's going to be group games rather than anticipated ten, but there still will be ten match days, and so it's going to take away from it. Guys, I think you need to think of a different format. I don't know. What if you played it at the end of the season, among teams that yeah. maybe you qualify for it through the Premier League. I don't know. Find a way to do it. Um, but you can't you can't complain about it if if it continues going in, in, in this direction. That's the weird. reality is it, you know, there's a reason you're the third competition. Ugly story at Paris Saint
2: Germain involving their women's yeah, coach. Jules. Yeah, Didier Ole Nicole has been suspended by the club uh, after allegations of inappropriate behavior. There's a few stories the fact that he was insulting some of the players, that he he touched the the bottom of one of the girls that was under 19 in a pre-season match, I mean all of this been covered up by the club as well which is not as bad as what he did but certainly not very good look for the club either so I think I expect a lot of changes at that club uh, which was if you think about it Gab an incredible last 12 months for the PSG women's side with the Kira Amrawi Diallo, of course, le Nicole, even Ulrich Rame. There's so many stories. It's just, it's just sickening, really, and shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Brighton standout defender Tariq Lemty has pulled out of the England under-21 squad, and he's reportedly switching his international allegiance to Ghana. Gab, your thoughts? Like whenever somebody does this,
0: and obviously you're in France, you guys have it happen all few, the time, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I think you got to go with. Go with what you feel. We've had this conversation with Nadim. We've had this conversation many times. Now, the only thing that I might question a little bit is, does he feel more Ghanaian, or is he doing this for furthering his football career? Both are fine. Both are legitimate yeah, reasons. Um, equally, staying in the England mix probably more lucrative in, in some ways. So I think these are decisions for him to make, and these are decisions you have to be, you have to respect. I yeah. don't think you can you can go and complain one way or the other.
2: Definitely.
0: The Times reporting that the packet, oh. Lucas Paqueta, is a major target for Newcastle United. Jules, is this a tactical
2: fit? And is he an Eddie Howe type? I think he would fit really well at Newcastle. I think him and Bruno Guimaraes, of course, have played together at Lyon and played really well together. If you have Joel Linton, you can even have that but wonder midfield three Brazilian type, whatever you want to, to call it. I think... What happens to Longstaff? I mean, he can see on the bench, I guess. Right. The thing with the Paquet is that what we've seen so far is moment of brilliance, yeah? And sometimes sustained over four to six months, but never on the whole season. And I think this is the next step. If he can have that kind of consistency over over the whole season, then I think he's gonna be a, a really, really good player, world-class player, potentially. But this season at Lyon, he started really well and then went off the hook a little bit. And that was a bit disappointing to be fair. Moment of brilliance followed by periods of inconsistency
0: don't that, they already have that with a different guy at the club and maximum? yeah maybe a bit although
2: I would like to see the two link it up together as well Tottenham Hotspur is on the verge of signing a new backup goalkeeper Gab and he's the big man Fraser Foster from Southampton what Golini back goes home
0: well Golini was only there on loan he's going to yeah. go back to Atalanta which uh, that worked out well Whatever he came to London, he got to experience the musical scene, as you know. Big Ben. He is the finest is. rapper in uh, in in football. Or Memphis, I would put him ahead. Of nah, By Memphis the way, is awesome. Not better than Golorius, ah,
1: which is Memphis.
0: Memphis is pretty. Interesting good. though, how Spurs have a little little niche of like rapping footballers. You know, going back through the years, going to Clint Dempsey, Kevin Clint Prince Clint Dempsey. 10, of, yeah, course.
2: of course. Yeah, of course, yeah.
0: Like I said, Fraser Forster, I I got a soft spot for him. I love the fact that he's just so enormous, and and he's a decent goalkeeper. You're going to be number two to a very small goalkeeper in Hugo Yorise, but you know.
2: Sh- shouldn't you buy a second choice that is almost ready to be the number one when Lloris retires, which would be soon?
0: No, I think they're looking at a younger goalkeeper for that. I don't. I don't think they see Fraser Forster. No, no, no. As a that's what I mean. Why
2: Forster and not why not that younger goalkeeper now?
0: Because you want the younger goalkeeper to actually be playing and not sitting on the bench uh, behind Google.
2: Yeah.
0: Crystal Palace co-owner David Blitzer is reportedly plotting a takeover of Santa Chen. Joe's this guy, Crystal Palace, Real Salt Lake, Augsburg. Some team in Belgium that I forget, some team in Portugal that I forget. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know he's got
2: others too. What? What's the strategy here? He's like a part owner this- of
0: like 99
2: nine clubs. Yeah, I mean, I guess the idea is to be similar to the City Group, although he doesn't own them all, but he will own Saint-Étienne fully, especially if they stay in Ligue 1. I'm being told that there's 100 million euros on the table if they stay up and they have their relegation playoff coming up against Auxerre on thursday night and then again next week so we will know we will find out if they don't stay up and they go down to the league the second division i think the the offer is lower and then he maybe doesn't own the whole club in that way there's still some work to do for the two current owners we'll see i think the sandifian fans are quite excited in a way because of what he's been doing at crystal palace um what he's been doing at Crystal palace well, what, Cruiser Palace who are owned by him in a way and many other way. people and yeah. many other people yeah but you know if, if the template is the same I think this is good for Santi Chen. again it depends what kind of mindset he has buying the club I, I don't know I I look, I have a soft
0: spot I really like David Blitzer I've met him uh, he's a fellow Quaker as well yeah, of course. Um, my only thing is that all these multi-club ownership things it works when you've got real synergy but we haven't seen it we haven't seen it at his clubs we haven't we haven't even really seen it at Manchester City. The only place we've seen it is with the Red Bull Group, um, where it's really worked. I, it's a great idea. Few have been able to pull it off because that's the thing about football: is local culture is so so, so strong, yeah, and it's so difficult to to bring it together. But if it brings stability, great guy, very and they solid. Need, owner. They
2: need a new ownership anyway.
0: So maybe maybe it'd be a good a good match. By the way, you mentioned relegation playoffs. Sorry, Hamburg.
2: Uh, Felix did you
0: Yeah we didn't put in the yeah. quick hits
2: But Felix back on showing Felix. once again
0: That nice guys do finish last <laughs> And he's keeping her to And he has the last laugh
2: Arsenal have reportedly made the final offer To Eddie and Katia And he's around £100,000 a week For a five year contract or something Gab would you think
0: I, This is why I, I, when I wrote this I made sure the question was to me And uh, not ah. to you um, I think it has to be take it or leave it from the club's perspective. You mm-hmm. cannot go any higher Definitely for this not. guy. I cannot fathom how he's there all season long. He never plays. Arteta sees him every day, and he thinks, meh. And then, on the sp- and then when he's forced to play him, all of a sudden, light bulb goes off. Oh, look, he's pretty good. This is, to me, it makes uh, yeah, yeah, zero yeah, yeah. sense. If he's there to be a squad player, to be the third striker or the second striker maybe off the bench, fine. Um, if you're Eddie you got to think. I think you can make more money elsewhere. And maybe you and can be the comp- number one. And be the number one, yeah. yeah. Why don't you challenge I mean, obviously yeah, He was at Leeds before. Get, somebody will make him an offer. Go there. They'll commit money to you. You'll have a longer contract. And you find out what your level is. Um, but I think to stay at Arsenal, or as you see, Arseta had no problem with not playing him for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I think long and hard about this.
1: What's better than four quick hits? More quick hits!
0: Jules, we're almost there. The UK government has approved the license to sell Chelsea to a consortium headed by LA Dodgers owner Todd Boley. Just a few more steps to go, including getting approval from the European Union since Roman Abramovich of course is also a
2: Portuguese citizen of course apparently. he's Portuguese remember when they said to us ah oh, this is going to be quick don't worry we're <laughs> yeah. going to sort it out three four weeks easy yeah right incredible Was I mean what a saga in a way but but he had to be technically because of all the parts involved everything how complicated it was clear lake and Fordstam oh, and, and Camberley we learned all these names yeah and that deadline of May 31st in in that case, yeah. Chelsea might lose their license, might not be in the Premier League, might, might disappear, kind of thing. At least and he's done
0: now. In case you're wondering, because in case you don't like the European Union, like some people in England apparently don't, why the European Union is involved, it is because he's a Portuguese citizen yes. and the European Union, of course, have sanctions in place against Roman Abramovich, so they need to go and sign off on that. But just one really? good thing, and really good thing in the fine print is there's a whole bunch of restrictions on what on the new owners or there will be one of them is they can't pull a glazer they can't go and say hey exactly. let's borrow a bunch of money and stick the debt the, the debt onto the club uh they have to redevelop stanford bridge yeah. or commit to it so i think all these things are encouraging for Chelsea fans,
2: yeah, definitely, and and it's it's a lit, it's a bit it's a different sale and acquisition than we've seen before in the past in the Premier League, which I think is the way forward. Every time someone buys a, a club in this in in, in England, I was going to say in this country, but in France, yeah. that's what they should yeah. go through. Exactly, learn from this. You have yeah, enough exactly. crappy
0: dodge pod owners.
2: According to multiple reports as well, Gab, Chelsea chairman Bruce Buck and the club official Marina Granovskaya will split a bonus of around thirty million pounds on the sale between the two of them and may even stick to Chelsea as well. Are you surprised? I'm not surprised that they're getting paid because people like this,
0: leaving aside the fact that I think the club feel that they've done a very good job. I don't know that 30 million is accurate, but it's pretty normal when you work for a company for a very long time. When you leave, you know, you get sort of some golden goodbye. Uh, They may stick around. I'd be surprised if Marina Granovskaya uh, sticks around uh, simply because it's going to be a very different work environment. Bruce Buck, whatever he's older. Bruce yeah, Buck was a C-
1: different.
0: Bruce Buck bought his first Chelsea season ticket, I believe, in 1982. Not only <laughs> it's does this a long this, time ago. of this predate Abramovich. It predates Ken Bates as well. Yeah, yeah. According to multiple reports, Bayern are on the verge of securing wow. Ryan Gravenberg for uh, from Ajax for 25 million plus bonuses. just so this seems like a really good deal after. Mazraoui, of course joined on mm. a, a free transfer. The Bavarians continue to raid the Ajax closet.
2: Yeah, crazy. I mean this is what happened. Gravin Besh one year left on his contract. That's this is the good this is the good opportunities, market opportunities as we call them to go and get. He's young, very young. He's one of the most talented midfielders in the world for his age right now, him and Jude Bellingham, for example. So he's the future. And especially in midfield where Goretzka, Kemish, Kengy oldham Musiala is young, they were alive in got midfield. one. Yeah. You've got one for the next 10 years, easily, let's see how he adapts. But this is, like Mazraoui, this is great business done from them. You know, and I, early as well, really early. I love what
0: Bayern have done so far. I love so the clever. stats on Lewandowski. Uh, Mazraoui just ticks all the
2: boxes for that attacking right back. Yeah. So far, so good. A front of the show, Zatan Ibrahimovic uh, will undergo knee surgery, which means he'll be out for another seven to eight months, Gab. Is this the end? Can we, can we actually even say those words? No, you can't. There is no end. There's just
0: an endless uh, Mobius loop. <laughs> and look, um, when he comes back, he already has a deal in place. He's going to get paid per appearance. He's going to test his fitness. Uh, in the end, I think he has the oh, right to him. do so. what he wants. I think he's going to give it one more go um, and try to come back at some point. I think after winning this, he's got so much emotion. He's in such a good place right now. It hurts, but the fact that he's getting surgery now suggests that he's going to give it another go. That
2: speech he gave in the dressing room after the Sassuolo win was just remarkable. And then the, ta- the table was flipped over, but <laughs> rightly so, it's right? <laughs> you know.
0: Jurgen Klopp was named Manager of the Year by the League Managers Association in England. Not a surprise, Jules, right?
2: Not a surprise, I give you that, and I think he deserves it. I think people were surprised that the manager who won the league, Pep Guardiola, didn't win the trophy for best manager. In the league, if you see what I mean, which I can understand because I think the last manager, not to have won the league, to win the this trophy was Tony Pulis in like 12, 13, or something. I can't even remember how Tony Wait, Pulis. Wait, Tony came. Pulis never won the Premier League. No, but he's only won Manager of the Season, which is crazy, I think. So I can I can see why City fans of me are me like, mm, really? Why not Pep? But I think club deserves it too, you know. It's, at the time of the vote, so potentially one point from a quadruple. So how do you not give it Yeah, name? exactly. Marcus Rashford insists he wants to stay at Manchester United extend his contract, cab. What would you do if you were Errington Hag and Richard Arnold?
0: I would sit him down and say, Marcus, you got a new deal before, it's a very big deal. You haven't lived up to it. Definitely uh, not. How about a sign of good faith? How about either a pay cut or no increase? We can stick some bonuses in there if you like. And you know, you know, you are Mancunian. You grew up here. You know what this means to the club. Play yourself back into fitness and then let's have a talk. So I would be thinking short t- contract extension and then we reopen talks. He obviously loves the clubs. He's not going to leave to join Paris Saint-Germain. Sorry. But I think
2: you're very kind to say the least. You would just cut him loose. You're very kind with Marcus Rashford. That's you just, all you just give him the, the, the Jesse Lingard, Phil Jones treatment. I would just be like, hey, listen, I think it's a bit cheeky to ask for a new deal when after the season you've just had. He's got a year left. I know. Yeah, but, you know, it's like
0: ask for a deal on united I terms
2: what you
0: let's talk about the young up-and-coming center forward Ooh. who's joining manchester city next season that goal machine that everybody is excited about that's right julian alvarez oh, not the other guy he scored six goals as river destroyed alianza lima 8-1 in the copa libertadores
2: oh my god what performance i mean i think lima were that bad that you and i would have scored a high trick probably however I'm more of a defender. However, you still have to score six goals. If you look at the goals that he scored, all very different. Some are very aguerrero esque in the way he hit the ball. Some are pure awareness, great movement, awareness of space around him, great finish. Some is just intelligent and nick the ball off a defender, for example, and score. It's just perfect. People are right to be excited by Erling Haaland, no problem. I'm really excited to see Alvarez and Pep and develop under Pep. He can play wide, he can play as a second striker, he can play on his own. He will give them so much. And, you know, Marcelo Gallardo, the the River manager, said, I would love to keep him here until December and the end of the season in Argentina. But Pep doesn't want to listen to anything, so you see. Juventus are looking for a left-back to replace Alexandro. Gab, do you go with the veteran option, Emerson Palmieri? Please say no. Or the young and upcomer, Destiny Udogi, who's a w- wonderful season with Udinese. I think the, his destiny is Juve. I do that?
0: No, of course, Yeah, young, Italian, uh, do that. You still got Luca Pellegrini in there, by the way, who's not a turd. I think he's a useful player. Sure. Go for that.
2: Udogi plays in the in back three, though. Let's be careful there
0: attacking what attacking fullbacks. Know, still, come on. i'm just saying vansan company is leaving Anderlecht and reportedly interviewing for the manager's job at burnley jose i would have thought
2: he might have some more <laughs> options did he still have a house maybe in the northwest and he wanted to you know he couldn't rent it out so he said hey, let's come back and 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 move here and I there's here. hundreds of clubs in the northwest it doesn't make picked. sense for me for him to go to burnley i really don't get that at all the ufr champions league prize money distribution from last season is out gab remind us how it works and how much the two they would
0: make uh they're both going to make roughly around uh, hundred million i think uh real madrid are going to make a little bit less now it's not a straight prize money and this is what upsets a lot of people it's also based on something that they call the market pool the market pool it depends on the size of your domestic european uh tv deal with uefa so that means if you've got a very wealthy contract like england you're going to make more money than if you're say portugal it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Jules, are you
2: impressed? I've had enough of him already. God. I mean, I know you can be excited, and it's normal. He's got a great reputation. He's, he's an elite coach. He's coming to a club that needs him. Perfect. This is great. But all those videos, all that stuff, you know, him standing in front of the Holy Trinity statue, at Old Trafford, in front of learning from my club's history, all that kind of stuff. Really? It, it doesn't feel natural. I, exactly. Certain, certain coaches are
0: naturally... And, I, and I'm not. Some people in Holland say he's not charismatic. It doesn't really matter if he's charismatic to the public. It's no. matter if he's charismatic to his players and if he connects with the fans. Exactly. Right? So that might not be his personality, but he looks so awkward in this, and that's so why I'm wondering. Even if, the way he walked. But you've got that. You, there must be some sort of social media guru there who said, "Oh look, <laughs> let's, your friend." What? Yeah. <laughs> what the guy from Brown? <laughs> I, I don't know if that dude's still around. But uh, and Brown, by the way, is not a university; just a color, uh, just for the avoidance of doubt. But it's, it's weird, like, all this is gonna go away, I think, yeah. once they start playing, once they start winning, once they turn it around. I guess he has to do it when you arrive to a new club, it's just some of it has been a little bit I cringe, I thought. I guarantee it. you 100%, it's not Eric Ten Hag saying, yes, let's go and do some <laughs> social media. Oh, get me on TikTok, I want Snapchat. Come on, man. Yeah.
2: Milan boss Stefano Pioli had his league winner medal stolen. Has he celebrated with the fans during the pinch invasion? Followed their win over Sassuolo on the last day of the season on Sunday. But Gab, the story had a happy ending. This is an incredible story. It is uh,
0: in the sense that Milan win the title. It's away in, in in Reggio Emilia uh, against uh, against Sassuolo. There's a pitch invasion. It's a happy pitch invasion. Pioli gets swallowed up, but he's hugging and laughing, and then he realizes. His league medal winners, uh, his medal, uh, his medal's gone. It's gone. It was around his neck and now it's gone. No, and man. then the twist the following day, these three dudes, the people who stole it, yeah. uh, filmed themselves with it and put it on social media. What? That's massive clever. backlash. Yeah. And I think before some guys had come around the house <laughs> and find them and retrieve said medal, uh, they went to the police. They said, We're very sorry, Mr. Pioli. Here's your medal. I don't know if further action is going to be taken. This is crazy, but why, even in your head, when you see purely on the pitch with this medal, you think, oh, let's take it? Why would you steal it and then why would you film like, yourself and put on social media? I don't know, Jules. I told there are you, some I dark hate those places out there. I don't want to go. Even happy there.
2: ones. I hate this speech ah. invasion. They should
0: not happen. I don't care. All right, before you get too grumpy, we've got a Champions League football to look forward to. And we'll be coming back, of course, on Monday. Mm-hmm. To, to do all this all over again yeah, we and have break to. it down and tell you what happened here in the uh. city of life uh, I, I'm getting psyched Liverpool Real Madrid to proper Champions Come League final say. teams yeah. um, until then so join us on Monday until then love the game love your neighbour and please please from the bottom of my heart these luck days make sure you love yourself too